Good evening and welcome to the, I mean, a very, very, very special edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much, man. How are you? Oh, I am just delighted. Still on a huge high from this weekend. Um, We are here to talk about softball and only softball. Rob, we have done one, two years ago, when or three years ago when lacrosse won the title, I was thinking that Memorial Day, we did the lacrosse won the title podcast, but we mm-hmm. have never done a podcast with game with games coming up in June, still on the horizon for a JMU no, sports is, calendar. This is a brave new think, world. Right? No, brave new world. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is really, really fun. Um, everyone knows JMU is going to the College World Series, and this is a special, special week for JMU softball, for JMU athletics. Um, I, I don't know, Rob. We'll probably get to it. This may be the first of two shows we're going to do this week. Um, this is also a really meaningful thing, Rob, for all of the people who have played in that program, but also the people that have covered this program over the years, all of mm-hmm. the breeze riders along the way. Like, I think softball is one of those things, you know, this happened to me. It if you, it's not something most people get into, but if you get in, it's really fun. And I think those writers for the breeze, seeing so many of the alums from the breeze sports, like they love this and like they're hooked on softball. And I, I don't know. I just, just felt like such a, a weekend for the hardcore JMU fans, such a fun, fun. But I, I, I don't know. I'm that. just, I'm I, overwhelmed. I thought, it really, I thought it crossed that. I think last weekend or maybe the weekend where the CA tournament was for the hardcore fans. I think now it's when the bandwagon is growing. That's true. And you've got casual fans. You know, we're getting yeah. texts from friends that are we're legitimately excited, but I don't yeah. know if they were paying attention three weeks ago. I don't know if they understood. No, the, I got the one from Wade. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, cool. it's awesome. It's neat. Um, it's neat. I mean, Jamie loves a one. Um, but then people get really passionate really quickly which is which is neat like people go from kind of casual fans like oh look my school's <laughs> on tv to living and breathing with every pitch uh, it, it's kind of fun yeah so we're going to try to walk the line tonight between a couple of guys that have followed the team probably closer than like 90 percent of jmu fans but not we're certainly not knowledgeable uh, or experts about softball um so you know Please excuse us as well. Uh, and more I hope that JMU fans will just enjoy the ride. Yeah. We're bringing more yes, enthusiasm and expertise. Than yeah. Yeah. And I hope that JMU fans can can join us in just enjoying the ride. Um, I don't know. Rob, we'll start here. We're going we're gonna to kind of do seven innings and, and see where we go from there if we need some extras. Um, I will say, I don't think a – well, I'm not sure that a program at JMU has ever earned – this accomplishment more than this program like built towards it for decade you know for a period of time like this program has which is about two decades old and just clearly set this as the goal and like kind of slowly marched there i think we're, we're going to talk about field hockey in 94 and football in 04 and lacrosse in 18 all of those programs were solid were good I don't know that like they started those seasons thinking they were going to win the national championship. I, I guess Shelley did in lacrosse, but yeah. you know, this is something that's been 
a long time in the making for this program. And I just, I'm so proud and so happy for the whole, everyone who's been a part of JMU softball for the last two decades. So for first inning, Rob, we're going to recap the, the first three innings. We're going to do the games. Um, Friday night is the Odyssey Alexander special. This was the game we all thought was possible. Uh, we didn't know this was coming quite in this dominant a fashion. We certainly didn't know it was going to be this sport is never easy on the nerves, Rob. The seventh inning of no, this it's game. Terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, it's just, yeah. And everyone who's joining in now, welcome to the welcome to the the most nervous, anxiety ridden party there has ever been. Um, <laughs> look, Friday night was all about Odyssey. Uh, she kept them. I, I don't know what was it one hitter each way, or yeah. almost a no hitter for the. Missouri pitcher for quite a while. I mean, it was basically two dominant pitching performances through six innings. And then JMU busted out for three, like two infield hits and a bloop uh, yeah. to bring in two runs at the top of the seventh. It was incredibly exciting. I couldn't believe it when it happened. You know, CC was in the middle of it uh, on, on offense, uh, which was awesome. And then turned around and all of a sudden the strike zone disappeared. I mean, when I say disappeared, I mean... Like there was no strike zone. <laughs> like, yeah. like there was nowhere she could throw the ball that would have been called a strike. And all of us, of course, are like screaming about, I mean, there were, that was the first time, Robin, we're going to get to this later. You know, mid-major softball Twitter exists and I did not know it existed until this weekend. And all of a sudden we had like the Cal State Fullerton pitching coach, like screaming at the NCAA, yeah. <laughs> like, um, because Odyssey wasn't getting squeezed by the SEC and the Pac-12 umps. She actually literally said, I know that umpire. Those were Pac-12 umps. And she was like, I know that umpire. <laughs> like, we played against USC with that umpire, and this is crap, you know? Like, it was so funny. But somehow, uh, CC managed to compose herself and get those last two outs. I don't know. And the... The absolute nerves of steel on Coach Laporte, Rob. I don't know. Like, all weekend, I don't know what the answer is. I felt like she didn't put a foot wrong. But you had to wonder at that point. I mean, Odyssey walked four batters in that inning, walked in a run. You obviously at some point wonder if you have to make a change. Of course, knowing that making a change is bringing in your freshman who pitched eight games at Jacksonville University last year. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know, right? I, um, but but Friday night was all about Odyssey. It was the game she has built her whole career towards. I hope somewhere Megan Good and Jalen Ford were tipping one back. And I, I guess they were actually playing in a game that night in the stadium that Jam, you will be going to this Thursday. Uh, but the Friday night was all about Odyssey, by the way. So, yeah, well, no, yeah. it was amazing. This it was amazing. Be, no. that, was, that, that was yeah. like an absolutely epic performance. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see a player or an athlete having his or her best game, her game, uh, just elevated at the right time. You know, all eyes, eyes of the softball world on her. You know, it's national TV, coast to coast, everybody's tuning in. You've got a mid-major program. And whether or not JMU fans are, are like to admit it, like most people in the country are viewing this as a really great underdog story. Um, I know that sets people off, but my attitude is just go with it. it it's, it's causing the casual fan um, even sometimes non-fans, just sports fans, to jump on board and get excited. And everybody was watching, and she absolutely had the game of her life. You know, at the plate too, wasn't she two for four? Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, I mean, it's just oh, yeah. all around. Um, just nerves of steel out there. Strikes on disappeared. She kept her nerve, got it done. And, you know, they walked out of there with a one nothing lead and a lot of momentum in a, in a short series. So it was fantastic. It was just amazing to see. And uh, to see greatness um, before you and see it happen live is really neat. That's not something that happens every day. Um, but this was this was amazing. This was just an athlete at the absolute top of her game, stepping up and getting it done while the lights were the brightest. So I spent way too much. This is just uh, the fa- the fanatic, the true fan in me, Rob. I spent way too much time this weekend. Like, like when I would wake up in the morning, the first thing I would think about yeah. is like the game, <laughs> like the, the game last night and then the yeah. game that day. And I went for a run on Saturday morning after that game on Friday. And I was trying to think about, I was trying to come up with a comparison for Odyssey. And I think you and I texted a little bit about this. Um, I don't know exactly, but for me, it was like peak, Maybe this it makes it makes us older, but this was like peak Pedro yeah. for me. The like mm-hmm. swag, the like calm, like you have the stuff. She has absolute great stuff, but she also is like stomping around the mound, mm-hmm. laughing, laughing with her teammates, joking, like picking on the umpire. Like there's, it was just so, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like, Levon Hernandez, Satchel. I mean, late in the game, she's doing this whole Satchel Page yeah. thing. Like, you know, like it just, but Pedro was the one I thought of, like who had that, you know, that early 2000s, just when he was so dominant, but also still like, yeah, like he fun. Knew it. He knew it. And he had his good stuff. He knew he was yeah. good. And he, he yeah. enjoyed it. He didn't, he rose to the occasion. For him, that was like what he wanted to do, where other yeah. pitchers would shy away from it. It's the complete opposite. The, the real gamers, the real gamers yeah. thrive in those matters, you know? Yes. And just yeah. loving the competition. Like mm-hmm. I'm better than you and yeah. I'm going to get this out. You know, like it was just awesome to watch. So that was game one. We were all thinking like, man, this is awesome. They're going to win. And we should have learned our lesson. We know from 2016 winning game one guarantees nothing. Um, and boy, was Saturday a rough one. Uh, you know, the offense. So obviously the first night, the story was pitching both ways. Neither team's offense really woke up. Um, I mean, neither JMU or Missouri was proud of the runs they even scored in the seventh inning in the sense that Missouri scored them all on walks that were questionable and JMU scored them on infield hits. I mean, you'll take them where you can get them, but it was not – neither offense was awake. Yeah, and then on Saturday, (laughs) Missouri woke up. Yeah, and, um, and, and, you know, Odyssey got some – there was a bad break. There was a – you know, she was a part of a play where – in the second inning, the third out might have, you know, she picked up the ball and threw to first base. There was an error. And after that, Missouri scored five runs to lead six, nothing after two innings. Um, they scored five earned, run, unearned runs. Uh, the last of which it was five, nothing when they took CC out and they put in Alyssa Humphrey. Uh, so one of her inherited runners scored on a sack fly, really not nothing you can blame her for. And then she gave up one more home run in the game, but also pitched four plus innings of shutout ball to finish the game. Um, I think one of the, she's a real, real unsung hero of this series. This super regional win is Alyssa Humphrey for the performance on Saturday. I'll I'll bet you coach Laporte would tell you, um, you know, off the record that the one positive that came out of it was CC got knocked out so early that she was really fresh for Sunday. Yeah. yeah, and there wasn't, and JMU's offense never woke up, so there was never like a pressure to put her back in. 
And Humphrey was great. She was really fantastic with, I mean, she just throws, I mean, she's like the old guy in major league. She's got all kinds of like craft mm-hmm. and junk. <laughs> and I, like, I hope she, it's going to be fun if she gets a shot in the world series against these monster hitters. Cause she throws this like 45 mile an hour, like, like a looping yeah. lollipop thing up there. And people are so far. I mean, there were a couple of Missouri hitters that were like out of their shoes swinging at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a really big performance. And then the end, the only other thing in that game, which was just painful to watch as a fan, we talked about this Sunday morning, which is Jamie did score one run. I, I thought they showed some grit in not getting run ruled. They were down seven, nothing in the fourth inning. It was getting very close to a run rule situation. JMU did not buckle at all. And then they scored a run. And in that last inning, um, both Sarah Jubis and Logan Newton had like line drive base hits. And you know how this goes. Like if you're a shooter, like sometimes it just helps to see it happen. Even when you, you know, they weren't coming back to win. Yes. But there, nothing had happened for JMU's offense up to that point through two games. And I think it really showed on Sunday, those two were in the middle of everything on Sunday when JMU also struggled out of the gate. Um, but Sunday's game three, JMU eventually kind of exploded. And it was Missouri who made a couple errors that kept innings alive. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, Missouri hit a home run on the leadoff batter of the game, hit a home run off CC. After that, Alexander settled right in. It felt nerve-wracking as a fan, but to be honest, she was pretty dominant for the first, like, three innings um, after that leadoff home run. I mean, there was a base runner in each, I think, but not it, – it wasn't a terrifying tightrope no, I mean, to get through those, they, you know? They they were making good hard contact, though. In the first inning, like, you saw that home run, you saw probably mm-hmm. like, that, that girl fouled a couple off, and then the batter after her. I mean, I, I was actually worried that there was a little bit of a hangover situation coming out of that first inning because they were really – they just had the timing off. Like they were connecting with it. There weren't a lot of swings and misses. Uh, but then they settled in. And on the other hand, JMU batters look came in looking – I don't want to get in anybody's head or accuse anybody of lacking confidence, but they didn't look confident. They looked like, uh-oh, if they don't get some hits soon, is everything – everything going to start pressing. Like it was just bad. Then for me, the big key was in the second inning, and granted it's – you know, it kind of counted – Lindsay Meeks, oh, good, I, I thought, you know, getting that walk, I thought yeah. was huge because the team, it just looked like if they didn't get something going, even if they don't score, they didn't get somebody on base, uh-oh, you just start pressing like, oh, we only got, you know, 12 more outs. It, it, it started to look like one of those games. And I thought Meeks was fantastic and just drawing a very tough walk, getting on base, and then immediately turning around and getting the dugout going, which is what she's so great at. Like, she clearly is, is the energy girl. Um, I mean, she's a great ball player, but she also – I mean, she's out there and the team lives and dies with, with her attitude and getting out there and showing it's fun again. Then Hall had a Hall got out, but I thought she had a great at bat, yep. made a lot of contact, battled. She did. A lot of those bottom of the lineup, because then Michelle Sullivan, I think, had then had the first real like true, you know, line drive yeah. base hit of the game. Like not popping up like this is just a solid hit. She didn't come around, but it kind of broke the you know, and I think it was the same thing. I think Weber, the Missouri pitcher, had been kind of coasting off yeah. of game one. Oh, and she, she didn't pitch in game yeah. two. And she's thinking like, this is – and then she's thinking like, this is easy again. And then Meeks mm-hmm. got the walk. Hall had a good at bat. Sullivan gets a hit. It was really a team effort. Before the big guns, you know, I think it was the – was it the fourth or fifth inning when Logan Newton finally started the rally that would, uh, you know, ultimately result in the first run. 
I think. Yeah. I, now, I get, now I get confused on all this. But eventually Newton and Jubas would wake up entirely. The entire offense just exploded in the last three innings. Um, was, I think Jamie finished with 12 hits that run. day. Yeah, they got one run to tie it at one, and you just felt like, okay, we're back now because CC was yeah. locked in by then. You didn't know they were going to – I didn't know they were going to win yet, but you felt like this could happen. And then I don't know if it was the fifth or the sixth, they scored two more to get up three to one. And then you're like, we're here. It was the fifth. Because then you're like, yeah, "Yeah." you're like, all right, now we got this. And then it just, the wheels came off for Missouri and JMU. I mean, Logan Newton hit the wall. Like two players hit the wall, you know, for JMU. You know, just missed a grand slam at one point. But just the lineup kept turning over. CC had a hit. You know, everybody up and down, almost everybody up and down. The incredible thing was, um, you know, Keith Gordon didn't didn't have a hit in that game, but the offense picked her up around that. And this was mm-hmm. such a team victory on Sunday. Like everyone was a part. Meeks and and just Me- Meeks. Meeks is incredible. <laughs> like, oh, it was yeah, so much I mean, fun she, to watch. Nyokas was involved. Yeah, yeah she, but Meeks she, is she's fantastic. Oh. She's a good she defender like, too. Like I didn't She is. She is. Um, I mean, she, yeah, like I one, was surprised. She's a little, Oh my gosh. And yeah. The one, the girl beat out the, the slapper. Oh she my almost gosh. made the play. That was amazing. Yeah. Cause that's hard to do. You don't realize like how close in that is. She's, she's charging hard, full speed. And then the base paths, you know, it's, it's just, it's a bang, bang play. Um, I was amazed. She even, she even made it close, but she's a very good athlete. Um, but more than anything, I just, I just love oh. her attitude and you can see every team needs somebody like that. Yeah. Right? She looks like somebody that you would just love to be a teammate with. Like, um, yeah, I want to find out where she's doing physical therapy someday. By the way, she drove to my to Athens, Ohio, between last week's regional and this week's, or whatever, between the CAA tournament and the Knoxville regional to start PT school, and then drove back, back to get on the plane. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. These stories are incredible from this these programs. Um, I hope she comes back. I don't know. She's listed as a junior. I have no idea how this stuff works. It's the COVID year has made things crazy for so many teams. JMU is not alone in having some super seniors, uh, kids that were able to come back another year who otherwise would have had 2020 be their last year. Um, you know, they're not even alone in the college world series in that regard. So it's not like a perfect storm for JMU this year or anything in terms of I don't know. This has just been so much fun. But the third game, and what a release, Rob. I mean, how much fun was JMU Twitter on Sunday afternoon? I mean, the amount of ex-players from every sport, coaches from every sport, coaches, mm-hmm. administrators, past athletes, pro athletes. Alums oh, just incredible, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, alums from everywhere, football, basketball, baseball, like – yeah, like so much fun. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and so JMU power, beats that's Missouri nationally broadcast. Yep. You know, this this is not a flow sport situation. Sure is. This is turn on ESPN. No, this is ESPN. Marquee. This, this is ESPN is a big deal. preceding like, the U.S. men's national team soccer game. Like, yeah, yeah. This college World Series is a huge deal. Yeah. Well, these uh, these games draw big, big ratings. Yeah. You know, these, these are all like million, two million. Yes. People tuning in. Um, next to w- women's hoops, this is the marquee sport in college. You know, like the men have football and basketball, then yes. everything else is kind of a distant second. Softball's right up there, uh, near, near top of the heap in terms of women's sure sports. It, yeah. um, you can see why if you're new to this and just following in. Like it's a tremendously entertaining game. 
Um, but ESPN does a good job, and everybody's going to complain about certain things and the way that you know the coverage goes, and maybe a little too much of the the underdog story. But they do do a good job of promoting the game as a whole. And I mean, for the next for the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, pretty much anytime you turn on one of the stations at night, you're getting a game. Um, you're tuning in. You know the players. Like it's right up there for you. So it's super super exciting. Um, this is this is a marquee event. This weekend is going to be amazing. As I mentioned earlier, the venue is nuts. Mm-hmm. The venue unbelievable. The facility. So we've had our complaints joke, about and the women are still getting jobbed in terms yeah. of locker rooms and amenities. Yes, um, but the actual stadium and field they're yes. playing on, top notch. Thirteen thousand yeah. fans. Like this is a. I mean, this is like Bristol Motor Speedway yeah. softball here. I mean, it is a coliseum, and it is going to be loud. And one thing that's going to be super fun. We actually, I, I was talking to my um, my in laws today, and we were kind of laughing about. They're like, oh, I didn't know Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both in this. That must be going to be really hard for JMU. And I was like, well, actually, I don't know about that because you can guarantee that every single Oklahoma State fan in that building is going to be rooting at the top of their lungs for JMU when they play the Sooners on Thursday and vice versa. If yeah. it goes, you know, like, like there's going to be plenty of people rooting for JMU. There are eight teams going to this thing. Uh, we're going to get to the list of teams because it, is it um I don't know. Who's who. that, it speaks for, for itself about how big just, of, yeah. about how big of an accomplishment this is. And you're right, Rob. This is this is a huge, huge deal. And it's gonna be so fun to watch this week. Um and that's what that's where I want to go next, Rob, here kind of fourth inning, middle of the game. What does this mean, you know, for JMU? And where would you put this? I mean, it's we're gonna have some recency bias here and we'll have to play this out a little later in the summer, but this is right at the top to me all time for JMU athletics accomplishments. I, I don't know if you, where you think, I mean, I'm not, I don't know the answer, but you know, this is up there, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's undoubtedly top five, right? Yeah. It's definitely up there because of what I just said. It's because really... of the, the, yeah where this stands in the overall sporting landscape. And I don't mean to take away from the women or the program, but I think what's neat about this is people are really excited for the team, for the softball program, but they're also kind of puffing up their chest being like, again, here's another one. What, what, what an amazing you. athletic yes. program we have top to bottom. So I think it's really cool. And people are like, and, and Kevin Warner, I, I thought too. did a terrific job that, that article I put out. Terrific. Kind of like, Hey, we're here. This is, this is not new to us. This is what all of our athletes expect. They all come with ambitions and work ethic and and the desire to play on this stage. And yeah, you know, the softball team's doing it now. But by the way, we've had all the other teams do it, and we got soccer knocking on the door. And we got you know, like mm-hmm. so I, I think it's cool, but I think it's more more than just softball. I guess like I, I don't want to take away from them, but I think that's what's so cool. Like, too. This is just saying, like, as an athletic program, this is a little bit of a coming mm-hmm. out party. You know, in, in ways that maybe yeah. football or lacrosse weren't, where it was just like, oh, yeah, that one of these teams is breaking through. But I do feel like it, it's a little bit of like a – it's an arrival where they're going, here we go again. You know, when, when our school commits to, to doing something right, it, things get done. And, and and these are the kind of – yeah, yeah. Sorry. These are the kind of things that when you hear people complain about cost of attendance or – student fees and stuff like that, you got to check yourself and, and think like, 
if this is something that means it's valuable to you, if you're listening to us put this out this week, then I'm guessing this is valuable to this carries this has actual quantifiable value to you yeah. into your life, right? My life is better. I had my my home life is better because we had this fun experience. Even if they had lost mm-hmm. on Sunday, that was a fun moment of pride about JMU. It's fun to learn about these athletes that they're not football players. They are going to PT school in the middle of the season. They are coming yeah. from Boydton, Virginia. Like this is a different yeah. group of athletes and it's really fun. And and these are kids that you can be, not that you can't be proud of the kids in other sports, but this group is clearly one that is easy to root for. And, you know, I, I just, this is the kind of thing you have to remember big picture. And you're right, Rob, JMU has really put their money where their mouth is about supporting all programs. And we've given them a hard time over the years for, there's a lot of schools that have thrown a lot of their other programs under the bus in the name of football or basketball. They've moved conferences. They've quit conferences. They've put, they've stashed field hockey in some random conference in the middle of nowhere so that they can have football, you know, and JMU has not done that. They were, when they said in 2008 in 2010 and 2012, like we're committed to a student athlete experience that is exceptional for all of our kids across the board. They've really lived up to that, you know, and 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 what I'm talking about here is like the, yeah, the the hard decision when they decided not to go to conference USA. Yep. We're not that far. I'm talking like when they had to eliminate sports, when they had to eliminate sports. Oh, that too. You go back that far. Wrestling. And you go back that far and go, you know what? We just want to be all in on the number of sports we have rather than do things 75% at a larger program. That, that was a tough decision. There's still people that are bitter about it. Uh, Certainly the athletes or the alums that got cut, that stinks. But like you said, yeah, for sure. They didn't, they didn't just say something to say it. Like they actually are backing it up. They're going in in terms of facilities, in terms of coaches, in terms of the support they give athletes. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's carried over to the fans. I don't know. I I, do too. I don't have experience. You know, I, I think only that's right. One undergrad. <laughs> this is all I got. So like, but I don't <laughs> see a lot of my friends from other schools really follow anything else. Like, I don't know if there's the equivalent. Like, I, I certainly hope Virginia Tech Twitter was as excited with their matchup against UCLA as JMU's was, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, JMU fans get really, really into either. these sports, and maybe that's a, a little bit of the not having FBS football. Yeah. The yeah. high is so high, right? Tech fans yeah. have been to the orange bowl, you know, like there's a, yeah, but, um, but I, but, but I don't even know if tech is the right comparison. Cause my comparison would be more like ODU app state who we often like use as our comparison for schools that made the decision to move up in football. Um, ODU's decision has been, let's say it's been fraught um, program wide. Yeah. But I don't see their like app, and then even App State, who has been a much more successful, I think, in terms of like maintaining their football tradition and their success. Like, they don't get their other teams are terrible. Like, like, like yeah. they're not winning lacrosse national championships and going to the College World Series in softball. And you know, like these are not you know ODU who long you know for many years was a women's basketball powerhouse is quite a ways behind JMU women's basketball at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 years after that, those decisions, you know? So yeah, you're right. It's a big deal. And then 
Rob, I do have to say, I, I will have to come back to this, but this is a big, big deal. And like, I'm not taking anything away from the other sports, but you know, the football national championships are one double a, like we love them, but that's what they are. They're not like the highest level of the sport, you know? Um, we like, they're my favorite thing in the world, (laughs) but, but this feels like just pure athletic accomplishment, you know, like where are they in the pecking order of things? And then like lacrosse and field hockey, who are the other women's programs that have won national championships. Those are not like sort of nationwide sports quite in the same way that like this, that's what I was going to say, Rob, the next thing is the eight teams going to the women's college world series are Oklahoma UCLA, Arkansas, Alabama, Arizona, Oklahoma State. Like, who am I missing here? Georgia. I mean, and JMU. Like, that's Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, so Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama. Like, three of the four participants in most college – like, Clemson and Ohio State are the only ones missing, and this would be a FBS (laughs) playoff. You know, like, like, I mean, really, and Clemson was a very alive, like they were the ACC regular season champs and very much alive until this weekend or last weekend. I mean, and then you're adding UCLA and Arizona, two of the most like storied softball programs ever and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I mean, look, all of those, there are, oh, Florida State is the one I missed. Oh, sorry. I missed yeah. Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. You know, known for being a small Right, known for being a small spending athletic program, right? right. Yeah, notorious for uh, their frugality when it comes to uh, <laughs> big time athletics. And James Madison and JMU, our Dukes, and they didn't. They didn't. This wasn't a miracle. This wasn't like everything broke right. They beat Tennessee and Missouri out of the SEC to get here. You know, like this wasn't. The there's the and they had to play Liberty. Yeah. Yeah, on the road, on the road in a sold out. By the way, the atmosphere was awesome. Um, I don't know. Credit to, I guess, credit to Mizzou. It was fun. They clearly, I mean, to their credit, they listened to the NCAA guidelines about playing the JMU fight song when they needed to, which was good. Um, The JMU crowd that was there was awesome. I, I did, you know, we had a lot of fun with the Missouri Karens who were behind the plate. Rob, did you? I don't yeah. know how much you know, but they were calling balls and strikes and they complained yeah. on it. It was really difficult too. I will say this for as mad as I was in the seventh inning of game one, um, the camera was not positioned like a major league stadium. It was not directly in center field. So I don't think my angle at home, like it was difficult to tell inside out. You tell. could tell if it's the ball was tell. high or low. Yeah. But it was really not, it was kind of off center. This wasn't like an MLB TV setup. Um, so I think this weekend it'll be a little better. No, it was really, but, oh man. Um, but those women behind the plate, one of them was caught at one point, like chugging a glass of wine. Um, she didn't mean to like, like, it wasn't like she was doing it for the camera. She just was chugging a glass of wine. Nearly thought she was going to have her head taken off, not realizing that there was a, a fence in front of her first screen. I think it was a CC Alexander foul ball. That yeah. went straight back at her head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing oh, to scream um, back in, in her defense. No. And and look, JMU, Veterans Memorial Park, it would have been just as great of an atmosphere if JMU was able to do that. Yeah. And I hope next year they will 
have that crowd back. Uh, I can tell you this weekend in OKC is going to be absolutely off the charts. Um, and I think well, you that there is quite a JMU contingent. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Well, I'm saying that these were the first college games I've watched that felt real. You know, after the season, like the full crowds and the TV, like that's they a all good felt, point. It was different. Like basketball was weird. NCAA tournament is always fun, both men's and women's, but it felt weird in like the empty arenas or partially empty arenas. But to see full venues, crowds, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw like the line to get into Alabama State. I mean, like it was crazy. People were lined oh, up. Yeah. And, um, and I also love the venues that have like the burns where people can go just sit on the grass. I love that. I think that's... Oh, the Oklahoma State, too, where they had this deck. They built the yeah. deck, the beer deck mm-hmm. in the outfield. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah cool. We need this so at like, JMU, by the way. I mean, you, you had that, and then you also had terrible weather on Memorial Day weekend for most of the East Coast. It just was set up to be a great viewing experience, you know? Like, there wasn't much else to it do. Really, really like, was. Normally, Memorial Day weekend, it's tough to find time to watch the games. And you felt like, well, it's pouring outside from North Carolina to New York City. Might as well tune in and watch this. And then to do it with these big crowds and the full stadiums and the great atmosphere, it, it really was kind of serendipitous with the, the way everything came together. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so we're going to go to the fifth inning here. And one thing we wanted to talk about, and this is a highly online portion. So if you're not a big Twitter person, you can tune us out for a couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> but we did want to talk about this was really, really fun from a social media standpoint this weekend. And one thing I didn't know, Rob, I did not know existed. So everyone, do yourself a favor and go on Twitter and search Odyssey. Search Odyssey's name spelled just the way she spells it, right? And you will get, and then go to latest and click all the tweets that come up. One thing you can tell from that, one wonderful thing about her uniquely spelled name is uh, it brings everybody up, right? She's the only topic on Twitter that's yeah. Odyssey. And it was awesome. And you could tell one thing I learned about this weekend is there is a massive mid-major softball community, Rob. And I mm-hmm. don't mean to say mid-major as a derogatory term. I don't even mean to say that JMU is a mid-major. I'm not making a comment on that. I'm just saying that we saw coaches across the country. We saw Miami University in Ohio, mm-hmm. Cal State Fullerton, Howard University, like we saw programs across the country jump on this JMU bandwagon and just scream from the heavens about how great this is and their support for this program. Just like our own conference mates, you know, Hofstra, Northeastern, screaming about this stuff because this is a, a, a sport where some doors need to be kicked in. And if you think Boise State and UCF have it hard in football, this is like that. I mean, it is that yeah. insular. It's that it is set up for the power teams to be successful and for everyone else not yeah. to get this far. And it was awesome to learn about mid-major softball Twitter and how passionate people were. And then the other one, Rob, I didn't know there was black softball Twitter. No. But yeah. Odyssey is the is the only black like stud pitcher going to the College World Series this year. And there was absolutely, I mean, that Howard University staff was all over this. And there is a serious like black softball Twitter that was really, really excited because you just don't see a lot of kids that look like Alexander being the stars taking a team like JMU to the College World Series. It's awesome. 
Like, it's really cool. It was cool to see people that care about this sport sort of pour their support into JMU for really reasons we can feel really, really good about, you know, about doing something that other schools haven't had the chance or haven't earned the chance. And JMU earned this over those the last two decades. You know, I mean, it's awesome. They are kicking in a door. Yeah, they are. They are. Both your points, I think, are really good and worth highlighting. Because there is that kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, break down the gates. This is ridiculous. It's not just the SEC, Pac-12, and Big 12. Like there, there are women playing this game great all across the country, in every neighborhood, in every region. Yes. And it's also not just you know you don't need to look like everybody else. It is it is a sport that no, um, you know everybody can excel at. Lindsay Meeks is four eleven. There exactly. were people out there being like short softball Twitter was like dying yeah. for Lindsay Meeks, you know, because they're like. I saw a couple coaches, assistant coaches from other programs tweeting about like, you know, this girl was told by a million people. She's not, she's not division one material. Yeah. Like she's four foot 11 inches tall. You know, she was told you're not going to make it at a big time program. And she's leading, not just playing on the team. She's leading them to the college world series. She's one of the leaders on this team. You know, you don't just need to be like a five inch pitcher from some sunbelt state. You know who who does the whole Florida no. Southeastern U.S. tournament scene? You can come out of Ohio. You can come out of the Northeast. You can come. I mean, it is really neat. Yes, right? you know because we've watched Todd. You and I've watched this for years. It's the same oh. teams every year getting the bids, ending up in, in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's neat. And somebody had to do the thing on the field and kick the door down, and that's what JMU did this well, year. I mean, it's happened. They the past. went to we, Knoxville, Tennessee. Like, and... Louisiana Tech has done it in the past. I think. Um, isn't Duquesne? Hasn't Duquesne? Uh, Louisiana and USF. USF. South Florida's done it, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Um, but JMU feels a little, I mean, not to, I mean, those are great and those programs are solid, um, but they are obviously from like Sunbelt states, as we just said. Yeah. I mean, I think JMU feels a lot more like to the coaches at Miami of Ohio or the coaches at Marshall University or, you know, Gonzaga. Like this feels a lot more like, hey, if they can do this, if someone can really do this. I mean, there were UCLA fans on Twitter this weekend, like going nuts because JMU took out two SEC teams in a row, like yeah. really excited, you know, and it just felt well, like so it, many I mean, people UCLA, were like, yeah. UCLA is the bluest of the blue yeah. bloods in pretty much every sport, but they had sure. a big, they, they still, they in Washington have big chip on their shoulder versus you know, the, the Big 12 and SEC, mm-hmm. like everybody feels this way. If you're not in the SEC, you feel like you're an outsider. As crazy yep. as like UCLA, defending champs, you know, absolute blue blood. They still feel like they're disrespected and their conference is disrespected so that, what, eight or nine SEC teams can get in every year. It, it's ridiculously walled off system. Uh-huh. Um, and it's about time somebody breaks yep. it. What, what's neat is what I really liked were people comparing JMU to Gonzaga. So, you know, like the first time. Yes, in, Boise yeah. State. So Gonzaga, everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, that's yep. true. And Gonzaga's not an underdog. And JMU shouldn't be an underdog either. Until JMU consistently gets the respect it deserves, they're going to be treated like an underdog. Um, so just own it, use it as motivation. But I do hope that, to me, Gonzaga basketball is the perfect path to emulate. Like, let's do Yeah, that. let's do this. Let's, let's keep doing this like, in lacrosse you know, and you field hockey. Keep going, yeah. keep going. Men's soccer. A perennial thing. and. Yeah, Gonzaga finally made it to the championship and they lost, but they're the preseason number one. You know, like Gonzaga enters every. I mean, how good yeah, do we? JMU should yeah. 
should be lucky. And I think they certainly have the ability and the talent and all the resources to go into every season, assuming they're, they're good enough to make a run. And that's where Gonzaga is. So mm-hmm. if people are going to say Jamie's an underdog and they're following the Gonzaga path, I will take that. I will own that. And I will look forward to the next 10 or 15 years of success, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do yeah. this a few more times here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't even imagine. I, I Coach Laporte probably hasn't had a month. I don't even know. I don't even know, Rob. Do we know if they're com- – were they going home to Harrisonburg or are they just going on to Oklahoma City? Like, I don't even they're know. They're in Oklahoma City. What they're – they play it. So they're, they're going to Oklahoma City. Um, so already. she's not going to have – I mean, they're just focused on – yeah, I mean, they're just focused on scouting Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Georgia, the three teams yeah. on their side of the bracket, right? So – um, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're not really focused on anything else, but I can't imagine like we, you know, we've talked to coach Shelley about this, but the recruiting, uh, you know, what this is going to do for Jamie's softball, I, I have no idea, but it, it's got to be life changing, well, you know, program changing. It's got to be more. Yeah. They already have pretty strong recruiting. Yeah. That's going to take it next level. And I think, um, they're either going to have the ability just to lock in on the areas or they're going to expand the reach. I'd, I'd imagine right. not knowing much about this with Liberty playing very go, good and Virginia Tech playing very good softball, Tech play. it, you're going to need to really go head to head with those schools for the players in Virginia. And even there were some girls from Missouri, uh, from Virginia. There was a girl from by Chickatique, uh, Missouri. Um, right. I, I would think you would need, this would give you the opportunity to expand your reach and maybe go into the backyard of some of these bigger SEC type programs and say, hey, come up here and you know, we got facilities, we got the program to match and, and get it done. Um, I'd imagine mm-hmm. that much like Shelley explained it to us with lacrosse, that'll be kind of a lagging indicator just due to the way it cycles. You know, your recruiting is probably already locked in for next year. Yeah. So ideally you want to carry this momentum yeah. forward and then you hit the recruiting trail, I'd imagine, with all the summer tournaments and everything like that. That's when you come in and you really start hitting them up. Um, but then we don't really see dividends until – next year's class so the girls that graduate in 2022 well we got Alyssa humphrey and lauren mm-hmm. burnett coming back yeah in the battery so uh, burnett looks like a star in the making behind the plate the catcher she really looks like just a strong strong player who's only going to get better yeah she's i mean impressive. i thought she was great behind the plate and and really solid at the plate i mean yeah it's going to be awesome she um, just seems a good so for six of, inning the one thing no sorry I'm sorry. No, it just, she Go seems ahead, like clearly Odyssey is the one, you know, calling the shots and everything. But she she oh. seemed to have a really good command. Like she didn't seem to back down or, or defer or didn't look like she was like, oh, you know, I'm not supposed to be here or I'm the young one. Like she looks like she owns it. She's like, I'm here because I deserve to be here and I'm a starter for a reason. And let's go. Like mm-hmm. this is what I was kind of born to do. Um, just projects a lot of confidence. Behind yeah. The place. Mm-hmm. So before we look ahead to this week, we want to just, I, I don't know if we're, we're probably not the best people to do this because um, we'll miss a bunch of them, but just some shout outs here for the sixth inning to a lot of people. A lot of people deserve credit. Everyone on this team and the staff this year, you know, that's been a part of this really challenging, super challenging year um, and, and even the 2020 team, you know, obviously they they get the lion's share of the credit here, but there's there's a lot of people that deserve some shout outs here, Rob. I, I was thinking about, you know, obviously we've talked about Jalen Ford and Megan Good, who are probably the two most significant past players um, to put this team on the map. But there are so many, you know, I, I was 
thinking back, I mean, Taylor Newton, Hannah Hayes, Maddie Moran, Morgan Tolley, Nikki Prince, all the way back to the Jasmine Butler. There are so many good players in this program. Um, Ashley Burnham over the years who have built them to get to this point. You know, Coach Dean, I, I thought he was very gracious. His comments this weekend about being excited for JMU were very gracious. And obviously, you know, he's the one who hired Lauren Laporte, um, you know, quite a few years ago at this point. And he's at Auburn, and he'll be watching JMU in the World Series this weekend on his TV he like the rest Radford, of us, presumably. Um, yeah, originally at Radford. Um, and then just, you know, I think some credit, Rob, to Jeff Bourne. You know, I mean, not just the hires, but the belief in the programs and the steadiness, the whole athletic department, the administration, Jeff Bourne, Jeff Poblez, the crew that's been there through the all of us yelling and flying banners over game day about going to FBS and all of this like nonsense, you know, and they've kind of, I mean, the proof is in the pudding now at this point, lacrosse won a national championship in 2018. They are a perennial contender for, you know, not just the CAA, but big time opportunities. Uh, Men's soccer is on the rise, right? Men's basketball is on the rise. This program is in the Women's College World Series, which is just an enormous accomplishment. Um, so everybody in the leadership team deserves some credit for this, for the vision. And then even, you know, to some extent, the board members over the years. I mean, this really is a bigger – it feels like a these kids deserve all the credit in the world. But this feels like something that was put in motion 15, 20 years ago. This program, softball's only been around two decades like no, that's what I was saying before. The, you know, this, this is, as excited as I am for yeah. for, the, for the women on the team. Yeah, like, this is really just another step forward for the athletic program as a whole. Um, and that's I think that's yeah. how you see all the other athletes get so excited because they're like, man, look at what I mean. Like oh. volleyball is another one. Volleyball is a, yeah. a, you know an excellent program. Yes, volleyball. Yep. I think they all see how much work goes into it. I think they all appreciate how much work is done by the staff. And the advantages they're given as athletes, they also understand that despite the tremendous advantages that they have over a lot of their peers, it's a different level when you get, when you know, saying that you've got better facilities than the rest of the CAA is something to be proud of. But you get up there against the SEC and everybody's got stuff like this, you know. Um, I think that's why everybody's just so excited because they're like, you know what, this is great. We all work so hard and here they are. This is their turn. My turn's next. You know, I think if you're if you're yep. a college athlete with some degree of drive, you got to see this. And whereas, like, I would probably be the type of person who'd be jealous if I was like another. School. I think the better, <laughs> healthier attitude, the growth mindset, as they say, would be like, "This is awesome. Look at my peers and other sports doing this. My team's going to do it next year, and to get out there and work hard. So it's it's yeah. really cool. It's really really fun, and it's. Yeah. You mean if you were like a. If you were like the leading sack person at Towson, you, you might jump over. Consider transferring <laughs> to JMU. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is going to be awesome. I also, so we should, on that note, Rob, look ahead to this week. I, I don't know if, I mean, anyone who's new to this, this is a spectacle. This is one of the most fun events. College Baseball World Series and College Softball World Series are two of the most fun college athletics events there are. I mean, I, March Madness is probably the king and queen of the scene. I mean, for both sports, it's but the imagine one that we all March Madness, gravitate to. Imagine if March Madness Final Four was held was in the same venue every year. No, 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 forget about that. Like that's every like, year, but every oh, yeah. year in the same kind of relatively not a major city. It's not New York City. I mean, 
Oklahoma City's great. No, it's a, a, a place great, that cares a lot. That own it. It's yeah. kind of part of the fabric. They love it there. The locals come out. It's a big party. It's a celebration. It's not just a, a traveling road show like March Madness. This is really, no. really fun. And it's I and the nature of the tournament, right? It's double elimination. So every team is guaranteed two games. You can go and party it up for two or three nights, regardless of how you, you know, like what happens right away. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams get a chance to, you, you know, you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to get your cuts a little bit. You know, um, this is going to be super fun. Softball is not, I, I don't know anywhere else in the world that softball is consistently played in front of a sold out 13,000 plus stadium. Like this is like as big as it gets in this sport. Um, you know, and that includes the pro level, right? I mean, this college world series, well, that's what's the, really cool about the this. premier like, event. Yeah. In, in the game, in the game, yeah. this is as yeah. literally as mm-hmm. big as it gets yeah. um, to play in front of sold out crowds, yeah. to be part of this with all the other great athletes. We've got eight teams there. It's not like, you know, an NCAA tournament basketball, men's and women's as great as it is. That's not the marquee event of the sport. Um, the bowl championship series or, no. or the FCS championship game. That's not it. Th- th- that pales, not the super I mean, quite honestly, right. to an average Sunday in a lot of sports fans' minds. Mm-hmm. Um, College World Series is great, but there's a lot of diehard baseball fans who have never watched a college baseball Correct. game. You know, it's just it, it's different levels. Right. If you are a softball fan, if you are a softball player, this is what you want to do. This is the absolute pinnacle. This, this is, is the event you dream of. This is what it all comes down to. And mm-hmm. you know, many of these women will be lucky to go on and play professionally, but it's not the same thing. You know, if you play professional lacrosse or softball or something, you probably have another job. You're doing it. Like it's not like playing in the WNBA or the right. NBA or the NFL. Um, so this is it. This is, this is what it all comes down to. This will be kind of not the peak of their lives. Clearly they're going to go on and do bigger and better things and have many great memories and so on and so forth. But like, this will be the peak of many of, of their athletic lives. For the most part, like it'll come down to this weekend. Right. This is what they work for their entire lives, coming down to it for these these games, and um, and they often lead live up to the hype. It's a very exciting game for people that are new to it. But oh yeah, um, you will see Basket. you will see some fantastic stuff this weekend. You will see some amazing athletic achievements. Um, and, and starting off Thursday, Oklahoma is no joke. This team, this team this is a is machine, awesome, which is. Bro. Um, yeah, you're going to, somebody's going to need to beat them. Might as well be JMU. You, you might as well right. start it off. Like you might said, well. everybody is going through everybody in college softball Twitter, other than Oklahoma fans is going to be mm-hmm. rooting for JMU on Thursday. Wholeheartedly. Heck wholeheartedly yeah. Going. And I think it'll be that way every game, except for the teams that they're facing. And it's like, this is going to be the bandwagon team that everyone wants to see do it. They, they want to see somebody crash the party. And I know everybody got all upset about that tweet. Like, Oh, okay. JMU is crashing the party. Get all bent out of shape about it if you want. But yeah. JMU is, is the outsider. Oh, the NCAA tried their best to keep them out. Yeah. They, the whole system is set up right. to keep JMU out of this and to get another yes. SEC team in. The SEC. And, and that's not that's what not, happened. And, and JMU was not the yep. invited guest. And they're going there. And they're going there with the intention to win. And they're going to have the support of all of college right. softball Twitter, all of college softball fans. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And they're going to need it. Because Oklahoma can mash. This team can hit like few teams we've seen. Yeah. No, the one thing I love about this JMU team, and 
this is not to take away from anything that any previous JMU teams have done or anybody else, but I do feel like this group of athletes, Rob, is really ready for this stage. This wild, mm-hmm. like last week at Missouri was 2,500 fans, and that was an awesome atmosphere. Like that was 3,000 fans. Now we're going to OKC where there are 13,000 fans. This is going to be pandemonium, right? I mean, it's going to be on the, we've seen the way fans are acting right now at all of these venues coming out of lockdown finally. Top, top. This is going to be nuts. You know, Other than football, will this be the largest crowd any JMU team has ever played in front of? It probably will, won't it? I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, yeah, women's basketball has never made the Sweet 16, so I don't think they've ever played in front of a crowd like this. I Jamie, mean, men's, if you go back to the 80s and 90s, yeah, men's basketball in the, teams in the tournament. I know. You're right. This might be. Yeah, I don't know. that's I mean, a like, really good point. You, you were, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, the play in game, you're right. I don't know how many people across soccer. I went to the playing. Yeah, the Dayton Dayton Arena was does not hold thirteen thousand people. No. I don't think. I don't know if it does. They all of them were there to watch NC State. Not like not. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I understand their seats, but like mm. those games aren't particularly well attended because you've got you get the season, you get the day pass, but people maybe show up for their team. Their team yeah, and come and go. Warrior, that's come the and thing. Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like a sold out venue, and then I, I don't know what the crowds were like back with like. The Campanelli teams. And they're playing Oklahoma in Oklahoma City. Whatever. Yeah. This will be yeah. one of one yeah. of the larger, maybe a couple of the hoops games. Maybe there have been some road games for, for Jamie men and women. But this is a huge, huge crowd for college sports. It is. It's going to be really fun. And But I, what I was going to say, Rob, just to finish that up, is I don't think that this team seems ready for that. Like, I don't think – Odyssey Alexander is going to be flustered by this at all. I think she's going to say, damn right, I'm here. Like, where, where do we start? Like, where yeah, do I start throwing? Like, you know, like I, Meeks is going to be all fired up doing her routine. I mean, I, I and, and look, I, I don't know if there's a prop bet somewhere. Someone please direct us on Twitter if there is somewhere you can wager on this thing. But I will bet the house that Kate Gordon is fantastic this weekend. At some point, yeah. Rob. I, I mean, this idea that like she didn't come through this weekend. Players have slumps. This is baseball, softball, people. Like this is what happens. In, in case you forgot, she had all three of the RBIs to beat Tennessee in Knoxville in the regional on a mm-hmm. home run off the scoreboard. She had six she home had runs six in, home the in the conference tournament, tournament to just yeah. in the CA tournament, right? Like this, you know, the announcers this weekend are like, she's not having a good postseason. I'm like. Well, the CAA tournament counts as postseason. <laughs> like she had six home runs in three games. Like I don't know what you know. I, I don't know. Anyways, give me Kate Gordon um, this weekend for all the breakout star thing. I, I'd rather have her at the plate than anybody else at any time. So give me her, uh, Sarah Jubas, Miss May. Now she gets to be Miss June. I mean, this is 2019. Going back to 2019, and then this year she's been unbelievable for this team in the postseason. Just so clutch. And now she gets to play in June in the College World Series. Yeah. Uh, I just can't wait to watch this team. Um, I, look, so Oklahoma is 50-2. and two. The only other team in the World Series that has as few losses as Oklahoma is JMU. JMU. And Odyssey Alexander gets to face the Oklahoma mashing lineup. So 
there are softball people that are talking about whether Oklahoma is the best team yeah. ever or should be considered one of the best teams I ever. Mean, they've got a team batting average of like now, 400, as, 420. And I, I think they won. Yeah, I think with, eight with, players in the lineup have more than 10 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I think it's unbelievable. they have like 35 run rule victories. I mean, they are really good. They did. Yeah, they're like – yeah, they're like um, – but the one thing I will say is going back to their regional performance, um, you know, they played Washington this weekend who has a ver- who had a great pitcher, an Odyssey-type pitcher in Gabby Plain. Um, they struggled to they, – they got her. They beat her in game one in a fairly tight game that she pitched fairly well in, and then they beat her in game two. But it wasn't um, – I don't know. The one thing I will say, Rob, is going back to their regional – I don't know if you followed that at all, but – the one positive, whether JMU wins or loses, if JMU were to lose like 13 to 5 on Thursday, they play Thursday at noon on ESPN um, in game one, at least they would have five. Oklahoma's pitching is not um, otherworldly. Their team is otherworldly, but their pitching has been beaten. And Wichita State in their regional put up runs in both mm-hmm. games. They played them in the first game, scored four or five runs, played them in the – Last game scored seven runs, lost 24 to seven in the region final. So I'm not saying that's like a positive for Wichita State. But at one point in that game, Wichita State was up for nothing. It wouldn't be the worst thing for JMU to uh, like if they lost 12 to five, at least they had five and they got the offense going. And I don't know if you're following this, but so the other side, this is a double elimination tournament. The, lo- the winner of JMU Oklahoma on Thursday will play Friday night, the late game. That would obviously be the JMU dream. If they beat Oklahoma on Thursday, it's the only it will lead Sports Center. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's some like NBA or NHL moment that goes crazy. That would be an enormous, enormous result. And it would be the dream. And then they would play Friday night in the winner's bracket. If they lose to Oklahoma, they go to the loser's bracket, and that would be Saturday at noon. That would be the loser of Oklahoma State, Georgia. Georgia, the other unseeded team like JMU to make the World Series this year. Highly unusual. JMU could win that game, Rob. Like, I feel JMU like either one Thursday. of those teams, but especially if yeah. Oklahoma, they could win Thursday. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think this this tournament is a weird one. It's a double elimination. It Nothing is over until it's over. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. You know, I, look, if I don't know, I, what do you think? They got to throw CC, right? They got to give her the chance to pitch against Oklahoma, right, Rob? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean you got, you know, you got to. Yeah, right. I mean, and, yeah. and all I mean, it's hard because about... right? there's a part of me that's like, yeah. No, I mean, and all the hubbub about that quote from the Missouri players said, "Oh, they got one pitcher." First of all, it was it was a great tweet by by Metlin. Just a great tweet to highlight it and get people going. It was Metlin. <laughs> But it wasn't very disrespectful. If you read the whole thing, like she was essentially saying, no. like, hey, they're they're gonna throw one person out there 95% of the time. And she's right. She wasn't disrespecting Humphrey or anything. She was just saying, like, hey, they're gonna ride or die with Odyssey. So with mm-hmm. with Odyssey, I'm sorry. Um, so Odyssey. we're gonna try to beat her. You know, that, that was all it was. It wasn't this horribly cocky statement. It was the, no. and I think that's gonna carry for, you know, we're gonna see Odyssey run out there Thursday night and Jamie is going to win or lose mm-hmm. with its best player on, in the circle. Um, we saw last weekend mm-hmm. that, you know, Humphrey can come in there and she's got some valuable experience and um, she'll be ready to call upon. But in all honesty, like if things go Jamie's way, Humphrey is, is next year 
it's can we get her some innings and, and can she yeah. you know observe and learn from this weekend? But um, they're they're going to live or die with their ace, and so we'll see how it goes. And you definitely you throw her out there. I mean, no doubt about it. You, you don't do anything but that. Um, it's the biggest stage. You throw your best pitcher out there. What a dream scenario! You got this pitcher who's been like. I mean, she's been as good as anyone in the nation for the last mm-hmm. three years, but she's been totally under the radar and like just completely off the map in terms of like big time softball note notoriety, right? But but and and not it, it's all been unfair that she's been like it, it, you know, she deserved more notoriety, and now she finally gets the chance, and not only does she get the chance, she gets to play Oklahoma right out of the gate. This team that you know, supposedly can't be beat, can't mm-hmm. be shut down. I don't know. This is a, an absolute dream yeah. for, for not just for JMU, but for yeah. softball fans, for people that really care about this game. It's, it's a dream scenario on Thursday. To grow the game and get some real uh, It's going to be really yeah. fun. Oh my God. It's going to be incredible. And then, yeah, you know, so then they're going to play either Friday night or Saturday day. So in either case, I would expect Odyssey to be probably healthy and ready to go. I mean, barring some, something unforeseen, Probably ready to go in whatever game two turns out to yeah, be. Yeah, she's game. she's going to start every game. game. Two I mean, again, goals. that goes back to the comments. Like if you saw over the weekend, Missouri didn't start the same pitcher every time. Like at this level, most teams have aces, but it's one A, one B. You know, it's a Jalen Ford making mm-hmm. good type scenario. But not, not every, every team. team. I mean, but, but JMU know. is an extreme scenario yeah. here where, where they're going to ride or die with Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know they're going to play. Win or lose, they're going to play someone from the Oklahoma State Georgia mm-hmm. matchup in Game Two. Um, those both present opportunities. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State struggled to put away Texas this weekend, a team they had beaten during the regular season quite a few times. Um, you know, they're not invincible at all, and Georgia is definitely. I mean, that's another unseeded team like JMU. Not that they're not. I mean, it's still a big name program, but. I don't know. I, I think there are opportunities out there for JMU, win or lose on Thursday, whether they play Friday or Saturday. There are going to be opportunities in this tournament. And then ultimately, if they could win, whether they win Thursday or they win, uh, if they could win their second game, they're going to get to the other side of the bracket with some different matchups, which would be really fun if they could get well, to I mean, at this stage, either way. At this stage, and there's you're nothing. Down, yeah, go ahead, Rob. You're down to the Yeah. Every team should feel confident that they're in position to win a national title. Because they are. I mean, by definition, you're yeah, in the yeah, women's conference yeah. series. Um, but you also realize you're going to need to beat an Oklahoma or a UCLA, most, you know, one of the two of them, most likely, to win this thing. I, I don't see both those teams stumbling and going out in two games. Um, you might as well do it out of the gate. I mean, there's no easy way. Like, you can talk about opportunities like, oh, you know, they lose and they're going to lose. Record. No, they're going to need to be good teams. Everybody there this weekend is going to need to be good teams. Oklahoma – looks like a historically good team. Great. Then play them right out of the gate and get it over with and beat them, beat them on Thursday. Let's yeah. go get them right now. Um, let's go play them, them right down. now. Yeah, no let's beat them Thursday. Um, and no matter, no matter what, yep. just go out there swinging and play softball. This is a great team. This is a great – all the teams left are great yes. teams. So if you're arguing over yep. the levels of greatness, well, that's a good conversation to be having. Go out there and get it done. There are eight yes. teams still standing. There are eight teams that legitimately can win it, and nobody would say it was fluky or anything. You know, oh, again, and they're like, nope, great. It, you're gonna need to, in this format, you're gonna need to knock off a historically great team to win it, or you're gonna need to be a historically great team to win Ever, it. Yeah. So, 
you might as well play first. Yeah, even if Oklahoma or UCLA, like even the top two seeds, if one of them wins it, it won't have been easy. Like they will have gone through it. To Somebody's going to go Yeah, this is awesome. It could get. We could be Rob. The most amazing thing to me is we could be recording another podcast next Monday with JMU still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you, I don't know if the other thing I didn't know that I've forgotten about is so the College World Series is double elimination until the final, and then it's a three game series. Yeah. For the last two teams that get there, so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you get you get back to a three game series. Uh, for the yeah, title, I, I can't even. I would. I will. I will be crying, like just bawling. If if Jamie was at that point, it would be amazing. Um, it'd be so much fun. Look, and the other thing, Rob, like we were talking about the Gonzaga thing earlier. The other thing that helps Gonzaga now is you've once you've done it, like all these things. I, I think this is what I was thinking about, like. That super regional in 2016, the super regional in 2019, you know, Laporte and the team came into this past weekend at Mizzou saying, we're ready. Like, we're Mm -hmm. ready. We want more than this. We want to go. We want to punch our ticket to Oklahoma City. We don't want to. We're not satisfied anymore. This is the expectation for the program. And we want to move the bar higher. And they did that. There's nothing that could happen. There's nothing that can happen Thursday and or Friday and or Saturday that will in any way diminish the accomplishment of this team already. And like you just said, Alyssa Humphrey, Lauren Barnett, these players that are going to OKC this year with four years left in their college career. Now this is the expectation, right? I mean, this is a whole different world. Like once you've seen it and been a part of it and done the media, they're going to have to do this week and face all this craziness this week. It, it's just a whole, I, I you know, I, I think we're starting to see it with softball. That. We saw, I mean, uh, the off season yeah. workouts take a different tone. Go ahead. You know, everything about this, this becomes your Hell yeah, factor every day. It's just, it, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. They wanted to break through and now it's not breakthrough. It's, you know, if they don't win it this weekend, then the goal next year isn't going to be, oh, let's try to win regionals and try to win supers. It's like, let's try to go back and win the damn thing, <laughs> you know, win it all, win the whole, damn, the thing. whole so damn thing. It's really, it's just oh. an exciting opportunity. And hopefully it's just another step forward for the continued evolution of this program. Mm-hmm. And just for the, for the kids that came back for, for Odyssey, for Kate Borden, for Madison Aokas, I mean, Gosh, you talk about a reward for sticking it out through this COVID year. There's a lot of kids in the country who tried to do what they did and didn't get this, no. didn't get this week. You know, this is the kind of week you're never going to forget in your life. You know, you're always going to be able to say, I did that thing. And that was just, it's just, it made me so happy for this program. And I can't wait to hear from some of the other players, um, you know, the, the former players. I mean, they must be so, so proud uh, right now. And and just, I was, I know we were, uh, I mean, I, the, all the former JMU players in all sports who were just all over this, like it just was a fantastic weekend. And, and then to have another week to get to do this again this week is so much fun. So it's, it's just, we're so fortunate as fans. And we, we try to say this back in, 29. Whenever the last time we went to Frisco was, Rob, we I know we always try to point out how lucky we are and how we should all take it in. But this is really, really special. We're playing JMU is playing real games in June 
and not yeah. many schools get to do that. So, and nobody who's not in the power five, like nobody else gets to talk about this the way we do on this consistent, yeah. like three years ago, we were having podcasts about lacrosse in the end of May. And now we're doing podcasts about softball in June. I mean, nobody gets to say that. There's not another program anywhere in the country. So for all the yelling and screaming about things at JMU, like, whoa, like try to enjoy this. Take this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's incredible. And yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I'm just I'm just so so happy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Rob, you got anything else here? I I don't know. I I feel like I had like a million things to say, and I don't know that I've even halfway covered them. But we who knows? We might have another bonus episode this week. Um, we're pr- no, just probably like gonna have a guest of some yeah, kind this week. We can pull. Yeah, just to enjoy it. It really is fun. You know, this is it's a tough game to watch. Like it's very exciting, but it's also you know me, Todd. Like I, we always joke about me being the nervous. Oh, it's fan. brutal. This game is. The- I, I have a tough time watching this. I, I have a lot of pacing around. Um, Yesterday's game, we were watching the house. Then we went out to get some food. We were, you know, did a little family getaway, and they had it on at the at the TV at the place. You know, we're sitting outside getting burgers, <laughs> and I kind of had to face away. And James is watching it, kind of giving me the play by play over my shoulder, and I would turn around and watch. You know, for the seventh inning, it's just it's a nerve wracking thing, um, but it is it is damn exciting. That my big thing this weekend is they can't give teams extra outs. We, we saw that that did the men on Saturday, correct, and that did in Missouri yesterday and then like you give teams extra outs you're going to pay uh you, you see that you know against going back to the, the game against elon oh everywhere virginia tech the the game three with ucla yeah. i stayed up to watch at, at saturday level, night and they did the same the teams thing. that are this good and and yep. these girls like can hint that they're saying you can't do it you got to make the plays you got to do the fundamentals and if you give teams that the extended innings they're going to make you pay and, and you're going to end up going home early so um otherwise just try to enjoy it like Trying not to get so stressed. I know everybody was kind of on pins and needles, and thank God they got some insurance runs yesterday because I was really not looking forward. Oh, thank goodness for the to top the of the. Top. I was going to have a tough yeah, time with top. that. No, top of the seventh inning. If it was three to one going, no, I was going to. Well, just I, lose I wouldn't my have watched. Or three to two at that point, they'd given up the home run. It was three. Like I would have lost my. I would have been pacing. Um, yeah, I, you're right. I will say. I mean, college softball is the best. You know, I've talked about this ad nauseum. It is all the great, like, slow build drama of mm-hmm. baseball, but in a tidy two yeah. hours. <laughs> like, like it's really, really great. It's um, And then a bandbox you know, of the state. all the fun stuff. <laughs> like that? No, just – it was wild how individual fans mm-hmm. were very noticeable over the weekend. Um, UCLA, I watched a little of UCLA, Virginia Tech, and there was a – so they still have COVID things in SoCal. So they didn't – they only had, like – 30% mm-hmm. capacity or something. But the people who were there were like, there was a guy like painted up like an American flag, like lunatic, like absolute lunatics. You know, it, I don't know. And this week is just going to be a blast. I will say, I mean, softball crowd is a, it's a hard charging crowd. We, we learned that at Mizzou this week. <laughs> Rob, I, I would, I would really love to be at Oklahoma city this weekend because it's going to be a fun I mean, this is like Talladega <laughs> like, in terms of the fans, the fans. Hydrate yeah, people. Uh, they're Hydrate. coming out of the woodwork for this one. Yeah. Hydrate. Yes, yes, yes. So, look, good luck to softball. Uh, we'll see if we talk again this week, Rob. We've got some uh, personal business to attend to the end of the week. I would really, if they beat Oklahoma on Thursday and we get to be together, 
for a Friday night um, with people feeding us the score. That would be, uh, yeah. that'd be I'll fun. take that. Yeah. That'd be a good way to do yeah. it. That would be pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I can't wait to see you in person on Friday, Rob, one way or the other. We will yes, talk about this. We're looking I'll, forward to I'm it. Sure. We're looking forward to it very yeah. much. With lots of, uh, we'll be celebrating with quite a few of our other JMU friends this week and feeling really fortunate to do so. Yes. Uh, the last time I had a big sporting event, this is good new, good omen, Rob. Last time I had a big like social event where um, there was a sporting event that I cared about was the Madison Alumni Conference quite a, uh, like three years ago when the Caps were in the Stanley Cup. Oh. And they won what would turn out to be game four. They won... They took a three to one lead in they won four to one over Vegas, right? Yeah, it was the last yeah. home game for the Caps uh, of that okay. season. And I was at JMU with a bunch of Caps fans. And at the time I'd been, you know, wasn't living in Virginia. So I it was a big deal for me to be around a bunch of Caps fans yeah. for the first time in that run. That a, yeah, that it turned out all right. So I, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to being around a bunch of JMU fans for uh potential softball action this week. So it'll be awesome. Indeed. So, yeah, should be. Rob, I will see you on Friday. And everybody, we will talk to you next week if we do not talk to you before. All right. Have Maybe a good week, everybody. All right. Go Dukes. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah. Or a 20. I was 20 and thought that some years from now a purple little little lady will be perfect.